The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you lost a loved one recently? Do you find it hard to move on with your life? There are lots of questions and a quest for a solution. Where do you start? Welcome to From Morning to Morning with your host, Rabbi Mel Glazer. Rabbi Mel and his guests are here to guide you through the different stages of grief and help you heal from your loss. You'll come away with a much better understanding of how you can move forward. Now, here's Rabbi Mel. Hi there. My friends, it's good to be together again, and I'm proud of you because I asked you to contact me and send me some emails, and some of you did, and we're going to talk about them tonight. Um, If you'd like to call me, I know that's pretty scary, and you don't know me, and I get it, but I'm a friendly guy, but if you would like to call me... that we uh, deal with and and maybe you'll get over your fears and you'll you'll call me but if you want to call me here's the number 888-346-9141 888-346-9141 for the next hour that's my telephone number so if you want to call please feel free to do that, okay? And if you want to send me an email, you could send it directly to griefok and aol.com, griefok, just the two letters, at aol.com. And if we have time, I will look at some of those. I have some wonderful questions, some very painful questions which I want to try to get to tonight. Um, And hopefully, I will be helping not just the person who sent me the email, but also many, many more of you. So let me start at the beginning. Um, This is from somebody in Jackson, Mississippi. We don't have any names here because we're confidential. And he or she asks, the death of a father that did not want anything to do with you, how do you handle and address the grief of addressing daddyless daughter's syndrome? Well, I never heard of that syndrome, but I know what it means. So that's a, that's a tough one. And I understand it because, you know, my father died. We had no real relationship uh, because he worked. And he used to get up in the morning before me 
and he would go to work all day, and he would come back at night after I was in bed. So I understand this question. And he and my mom did not have a good relationship. But today, if they were married in today's world, they'd probably get a divorce. But then that's not something you did. So how do you grieve the loss of a parent who really didn't like you or love you and wasn't able to do the things that a parent is supposed to do? So here's how I want you to think about this question. You have two kinds of grief. You are grieving two losses at the same time. The first loss is that you didn't have a life together with your father. You didn't have a life. Maybe he was abusive. Maybe he was physically abusive. Maybe he was sexually abusive. I don't know. But you didn't love him. And he didn't love you. He didn't want anything to do with you. Now, first, let me say, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. So I do not want you to feel guilty because he didn't want to have anything to do with you. It wasn't your fault. If you don't remember anything for the next hour, I want you to remember that. It was his bad, not yours. Because we parents have kids so we can love them, not so we can abuse them. But it happens, unfortunately, too often. So you have two grieves to grieve. One, you have to grieve the fact that you had no life with him, that your life with him was empty. You have to grieve that. You have to come to a place where you can lay that gently down and let that go. Because if you can't do that, then you can't grieve his death. Now, you may say to me, but Rabbi Mel, I'm not unhappy that he died. I don't believe that for a minute. Because I would like to believe that you loved him even because he was your father and he gave you life, but you didn't like him. You loved him but you didn't like him because he didn't deserve it. He didn't do things that deserved your love. But that's a loss. You lived through that loss during your entire life with him. Finally, he dies. Most people would say, thank God. And there's probably part of you that feels that. I wouldn't blame you. It's a perfectly normal way uh, to feel after uh, what I can read in your email. So yes, you, you are going through the daddyless daughter's syndrome. And it's worse because the relationship between fathers and their daughters 
is often much more loving than it is between fathers and their sons. So I really feel for you. We all do. But you have to grieve twice. I'm sorry. I wish you didn't. But you have to come to terms with his mistake in not loving you. I don't know why he didn't want to have anything to do with you. Uh, it's your business. And maybe he was sick. And maybe he was an alcoholic. And maybe he had psychotherapy issues that he never dealt with. Maybe he cheated on your mom all the time. There are a million things that could have caused this. But what happens now is that you have to come to a place where you grieve the fact that you had no relationship with him and you got to lay that down. That's what you have to do. You have to lay that relationship down. You can do it. I know you can do it. Um, I'll be arrogant and say, buy my books and you'll learn how to do it. And we'll talk, you know, in future shows about ways to help you do that. So first, you've got to grieve your life with him. And only after that, only after you are calmer, after that, and you understand perfectly that it was not your fault. It was his fault. When you can come to terms with that, that life truth, then you can begin to grieve his death. I hope you had some good times together. I hope it always, I hope it wasn't always terrible. I hope that you do have some good memories. That's what I hope. I don't know, unless you call me and tell me one of these days, you could do that. You could do it tonight if you want to, or some other time whenever is best for you. I'd be happy to talk to you. So I hope that answers your issue. It's so difficult. I feel for you so badly. I wish I could do more. I wish I could hold you and say that, you know, the future is going to be better than the past because I believe that it will be. The future will be better than the past. Okay? So thank you for sending that email. I hope I've helped you with that. I'm going to go on to the next one, and you'll see how similar it is to your email. The next email comes to me from Detroit, Michigan. And it asks, how do you address unforgiveness in your heart after the death of a loved one?
So I could understand this two ways. I could understand it the same way I understood the first way. That is, this person, whoever this person was, uh, didn't love her or him. Or I could understand it, he or she didn't love them. And maybe somebody did something that is unforgivable. And we all know there are too many of those somethings in this world that there's plenty that's unforgivable. So again, I'll give some of the same answer. You know, you have to forgive the unforgiveness. You have to let it go. Listen, we have one day on the Jewish calendar, the holiest day of the year called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which I like to call the Day of At-One-Ment. And that's the day, well, that, between that day and 10 days before that, Rosh Hashanah, the New Year's festival, that's when we're supposed to do all our forgiveness because that's what that season of the year is all about. So I say to people, here's what you have to say in order to forgive. Or here's what you have to say when someone dies. One, you have to forgive them. I forgive you for, and then tell them, Get as explicit as you want, as detailed as you want. I forgive you for whatever they did or did not do that caused you pain. Second thing you have to say is, I apologize to you because you know and I know. Everybody listening to me all around the world knows we are not perfect either. We make mistakes. We say things that we know we should not say. And those things hurt other people. Sometimes it's hard to apologize. We get stubborn. We believe that we were right. You know, there's a story that I used to tell a lot about a husband and wife who had a fight with each other about some who knows what issue. And the husband decides he's going to apologize to his wife because he can't stand walking around, you know, not speaking with each other. So he goes up to her one afternoon or one evening, says to me, I'm really sorry that I said something that hurt you. Now, what should her response be? Her response should be, thank you. I accept your apology. Let's start over. Let's move on. Let's do better. Let's make the future better than the past. And then she hugs him. And they have a nice, good hug together. That's what should happen. 
But it doesn't always go that way. So here's another way that she could respond to his apology. He could say, dear, I'm really sorry. I know that what I said really hurt you. And I apologize to you. And she says to him, you know, you always hurt me with things like that. You always say terrible things to me and about me. Why do you always do that? If you don't love me anymore, maybe we shouldn't be together. And they're off and running. Start your horses, folks, because a divorce is coming soon. See? You have the choice. You have the choice. So if somebody you think didn't love you, or somebody did not forgive you, or you haven't been able to forgive them, you have to deal with that. It's better to do it while they're still alive. Otherwise, you're going to have to go and do it when they're dead. You don't want to wait that long. So these two questions are related. You know, it, they both deal with, with cases where, for whatever reason, the love that should have been between one person and the other was not there. Unforgiveness could mean lots of things, as I said before. Your dead father or mother or friend could have refused to forgive you for something. Or they could have done something terrible and you have refused to forgive them. Well, you got to get over it. You just have to get over it. Similar to the first issue about the father that didn't want to have anything to do with his daughter. She's got to get over it. She has to grieve that loss. And she has to move on. Okay. I hope that helps. By the way, let me give you the phone number again. 888-346-9141. One more time. 888-346-9141. And if you want to send me an email, send it to grief okay, the two letters okay, G-R-I-E-F-O-K at AOL.com. Let me get to the third uh, issue, which is totally different than the first two. What do you do with your grief? It comes from Cleveland, Ohio. What do you do with your grief when folks are telling you to get over it? Oh, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one because they think they know how long it should take you to grieve this loss. They think they know what your forgiveness schedule should be. They think they know. And they will say those things to you. You know, 
Why aren't you over it yet? They died. Get over it. You got a life. Get back to your life. Well, it's not so simple. It's just not so simple. We have a phrase in our business. There is no clock for the soul. There is no clock for the soul. That means it takes as long as it takes. Some people do it quicker. Some people take more time. Everything is normal in this deal. There's nobody who's raw. Except, I will make an exception. Okay? So, it was about 10 or 11 years ago, when I was in a previous congregation. And one of the members of the congregation, he happened to be a vice president, came up to me and said, Rabbi, I need you to help me forgive my mother. Now he was 70, so I was wondering how old she must be. You have to help me forgive my mother because she didn't treat me very well as a child. I guess not as an adult either. So I asked him where she was buried and he told me she was buried in a cemetery in New York City or in Staten Island, where there are lots of cemeteries. So I said to him, you got to go out to the cemetery and say what I'm going to tell you to say. That's the only way you're going to be able to forgive her. Otherwise, you're going to continue to carry her with you, and she hasn't died yet. So then I asked him, when did she die? He says, 40, four, zero, 40 years ago. And I think, my God, that's an awfully long time to keep carrying her on your shoulder. You got to do something quick. So I made the following suggestion. Have your daughter drive in, we were in the Poconos at the time, have your daughter drive in, let her drive you to the cemetery, and then let her drive away. I do not want her anywhere near you, because that was her mother you're going to be talking to and about. And I don't want you to have to think that you have to hold her up from anything. So you have her drop you off and you'll do the things that I tell you to do. And I want you to come back when you're done, and we'll talk about it. And so he asked me, well, Rabbi, how long should I stay at the cemetery? And I said, you'll know. You'll stay at the cemetery as long as you need to. And come see me when you're finished. Okay. Now, so here's what I told him he had to say to her. This is what you, you got to remember this. This will bring healing to you and for you. 
first you say, I apologize. And as I said before, you apologize and you enumerate what you apologize for. And then you say, um, I forgive you. And then you enumerate. And it can take as long as it needs to take. And then you say, I thank you for the time when we fill in the blank. We went fishing together. We went to a baseball game together. Whatever you did together that was enjoyable, you thank them because gratitude is an important part of forgiveness. And then you say goodbye. You could say, I love you, but that depends on whether you love them or not. But you can say goodbye, even if you didn't love them. There's something magical about the word goodbye. It brings a sort of a finality to the relationship, and that's what you want. You want to end this relationship, to conclude this relationship in peace so that you can move on. And if you can't say goodbye, then what I just said won't happen. You'll have them with you forever. So, we're almost at a break, so I'm wondering whether I should tell you now or wait till after the break and tell you the rest of the story. It's a great story. It was painful, very painful. And I understand it. And some people, like this man, you could say he took too long to grieve his loss. Forty years is a long time. You know, and he was affected by these 40 years. And he wasn't a very nice person. And I understood then why. Because he wasn't treated well. If you're not treated well by your parents, you learn not to treat others well. So I felt very bad for the guy. And I was doubtful whether or not, after 40 years, he could really forgive his mother for how she had treated him. You see, I'm trying to waste another minute because I'm going to wait. We have 30 seconds left till the break. And I'm going to wait and tell you the rest of the story uh, after we go to break. So ask yourself the question, how long do you think he stayed at the cemetery forgiving his mother? I'll be right here. We'll be right back. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Look among the stars, life is bigger than it seems. Get inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour. 
Star Style Be the Star You Are with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to From Morning to Morning. To find out more about our program, visit GriefOK.com. Again, that's GriefOK.com. Now, back to From Morning to Morning. Have you been thinking about it? I hope you have. Some of you might have said he didn't go to the cemetery at all. Some of you might have said he spent 20 minutes and then he got sick and tired of being there, so he left. Well, he came back to see me in two weeks, and I said, so how did it go? So he said to me, he looked at me straight in the eyes. Now, remember, he didn't like me a lot. I was his rabbi, but he wasn't particularly fond of me. So he said, you're a genius. So I took out a pen and I said, pretend it's a microphone. Say it louder. I'm going to let my president hear you say that. He said, you're a genius. How did you know that? I said, because that's what I do. That's my passion. So I said, how long... Were you there at the cemetery? And he said, four hours. Can you imagine? Sure you can. It was 40 years that she died. He's been carrying this for 40 years. He took 40 years for for the Israelites to get from being slaves to being free. So it took him the same 40 years. He started off as a slave 40 years ago. Then he forgave her and he became free. It's exactly the same. So he was there for four hours because he needed to be. To go from slavery to her memory to forgiveness of her memory to his own freedom. I don't know how he's doing now. He became the president of the congregation after I left, and I haven't, we haven't talked. But it's an interesting story, don't you think? Uh, and I felt so good. I felt so good. Now, we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about what I told him to do. I said, first you... Forgive them. Then you apologize to them. Then you thank them. Then you may say, I love you. I hope you get to say that. And then you say goodbye. Now, the problem is, most people wait too long to do this. 
Daddy's almost in a coma by the time this happens. And I'm telling you, you have to say it anyway. You have to forgive them for your sake, not just for their sake. Rabbi Harold Kushner, I think I mentioned this before, is one of the great rabbis of our time and a colleague and a friend of mine. Rabbi Harold Kushner says, you got to forgive for your sake as well as for theirs. Why? Because if you do not forgive someone, it is, what's it like? It is just like letting them live rent-free in your head. Not forgiving them means letting them live rent-free in your head. Nobody wants to do that. I wouldn't want to do it. You wouldn't want to do it. Nobody wants to do it. So that's why I'm saying you have to forgive people for your sake, not just for theirs. And you know what? They can hear you. The studies tell us that the last sense to go before death is hearing. So don't think you're talking to the wall. You're not. You're talking to your loved one, and they hear you. And if you believe that there's a place that they're going to after they die, if you believe that they're going to heaven, you want them to get there as pleasantly as possible. You want this relationship to end clean. And then he or she can rest in peace. You know, we say a lot, they should rest in peace. Well, they can't rest in peace till you let them die. If you don't let them die, they cannot rest in peace. So this member of my congregation, finally, after 40 years, let his mother rest in peace. I hope he's happier for it. I hope he's better off for it. I, I truly hope that he is. Okay, and that was one of the highlights, by the way, of my grief career. I felt as if I had really helped him change his life. Another question, what are the signs of grief? What are the signs of grief? Well, I can't answer that completely and totally. Why? Because first, it's been a long time since my parents died. And so I don't remember how I reacted to their deaths. But I know for one thing, it's like being in depression. You don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I remember coming back from the cemetery from my mother's funeral. And there were people there because in the Jewish tradition, we have what we call Shiva, seven-day period where people come and comfort the mourners. And we share food together and... We talk about the person who's died. 
So I came back from the cemetery. I was in my 20s probably. I don't remember. And all I wanted to do was to crawl in bed, cover up with a blanket, go to sleep, and never wake up. That was grief, big time. And I cried a lot. Oh, I cried a lot. And I would cry, you know, anywhere. And one of the things that I tell my grievers is, you could be in the middle of Kroger supermarket, and you can see a head of lettuce. And because of the way our brains operate, that head of lettuce will remind you of a festive family meal that you shared together. And all of a sudden, you will start to cry. In the middle of the supermarket, people, some will look at you like you lost it. You have lost it. But it's perfectly normal. I don't want you thinking there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're in mourning. You're in grief. You have tears. Now, some people who are in grief want to be with people. That helps. That's why you're listening to me, because we have a community. We cannot see each other, but I know there are a lot of you. There are hundreds of you who are listening to me out there. And we are beginning to form a grief and healing community. And I adore that. We need to be with each other. On the other hand, some people like to be alone. They just like to be alone, meditate, think about the one who died. They have to do it themselves. Personally, I think that being part of a group, a community, makes it easier for you. But I don't know that that's true. And it's not my business to judge anybody when they're grieving. What are the signs of grief? You'll know. You already do know. You wouldn't be listening to me. You feel like you're not a part of this world. You're on a different level. You think about the one who you loved and lost. You think about him all the time. And it's hard to go to work. How do you go to work when you're not really at work? Yeah, your body's at work. And yes, you may have to fill out forms and have meetings and answer the phone and do the things that we have to do because we get paid to do them. But we're not really there. It's okay. Perfectly okay. If you need to go to the restroom and cry, go to the restroom and cry. You know, I have one of these uh, one of the missions that I have, I hope I get to do it, is to deal with death in the work workplace. How does the death of somebody who worked there or a loved one of somebody who worked there, how does that affect their work? 
what does their work look like? And I would do studies. You know, do people get fired within six months of mama's death? Do divorces happen within six months of daddy's death? I know that when a child dies, um, marriages often die. That's just the way it is because two people grieve differently and they start to blame each other and their relationship doesn't continue. So that's what grief looks like. Next question. Will I ever stop crying? Yes. Here's the goal of what I want to hope to accomplish with you. Let's say your father's name is Jack, and he died last week. If I came up to you and I hugged you and I said, Jack, you would break into tears that would last for a long time. But after a process of mourning, you have become healed. And then, maybe six months or a year later, I come to you and we can talk about Jack. And you won't start to cry. You'll be okay. It will still be painful. It will still hurt. But it's not going to hurt the same way. When he dies... It's like somebody took an arrow and shot it into your heart. But after six months or a year, you're not going to feel that way anymore. It's like after you had an operation. I had open heart surgery this past April. You don't want to know how bad I felt. And I had to go to rehabilitation, and it hurt, and I couldn't walk. I was having hallucinations and delusions, and my wife tells me all the things I said, which I deny because I don't remember them. But now, after almost a year of cardiac rehabilitation, my body is in much better shape. You get better. You get better. And when you get better, you'll stop crying so much. But crying means you love them. So don't blame yourself. Don't tell yourself you're a bad person because you cry. You're not. You're a normal person who's lost a loved one. If you didn't cry, I would cry because you're not crying. You understand? If you didn't cry, I would cry because you're not crying. Final question. Do men and women grieve differently? Absolutely. Men and women do everything differently. We guys are tough. So we try not to spend too much time thinking about the grief process and the mourning process. We like to go back to work. Why? Because we feel comfortable with guidelines and rules. 
and we're used to it, and we, we know the deal. Women, on the other hand, uh, grieve differently. They like to talk about it, and they do, and thank God they do. So, yes, men and women grieve differently. I guess it's normal. You know, there's nothing wrong about it. Just is. The last thing I want to say before we say goodbye is something that I keep saying, and that is everybody you know is grieving something, somebody. Everybody you know is in pain. Everybody you know is hurting. So be kind, be considerate, and be compassionate because it could be you. Treat them like you would want them to treat you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your emails. We're going to continue next week. Write me some more. Call me. We'll continue to talk with each other. Have a good week, and I will see, I will talk to you next week. Thank you again for joining Rabbi Mel Glazer for From Morning to Morning. Please tune in again next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're wishing you strength and hope in the next week.